I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 203 of the CantoBite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad that we got uh, this recording to work because there were some technical difficulties before we started, but it wouldn't be an episode of CantoBite Dispatch if there were technical difficulties or someone's mic wasn't working. Look. There's always some annoying thing that makes me mad. And it is my job to make you not mad. So let, let, let's get this episode going. How are you doing, Brittany? Eh, I'm doing good. Life is busy. I need a break. But you can't take a break from life because life has to keep on going. But, you know, that that's what vacation time is for. And my vacation time is coming in just a few short weeks. So I'm excited. Well, that's good. Vacations are good and necessary. Especially when they involve hiking and pie. I like pie. Not so much hiking, but pie I do like. I know. I, I love a good pie. I know it's it's been a while this this horrible hot weather has kept me from, you know, wanting to put on my hiking boots and go on, you know, a couple mile hikes. But I need to get back out there. Like it's it's almost October. The weather here is getting like a little better. Like right now, the forecast in San Diego it is a 68 degrees with 76% humidity. Okay, th- that's what I don't fuck with. I don't fuck with humidity. And the fact that I live somewhere now where the humidity is higher than 50%, like I don't want to fuck with that. So Unfortunately, when I go outside, like I fucking sweat and it's annoying and I I just I want to work out in peace from the humidity and it just it's so hard to do that. So I just can't wait till this weather decides to cool down and then we're getting like these rainstorms like I live in like fucking Florida or something. Like I I hear the fucking raindrops from like my office at work and I'm thinking like what is this? Like this is San Diego. It just it's it's crazy, but I'm just excited to get back into like a normalish like groove again because like I feel like I haven't like I've been as productive as I normally am so like I'm kind of like spiraling down but yeah it'll get better what about you eh, I don't know not great but you know alive that's <laughs> sort of how it is right now but 
Yeah, no. I feel like every episode we watch of like Ted Lasso and like seeing him like have his like panic attacks, like I feel like more like I'm like relating to those and I'm just like, fuck, like I'm not doing great. Ted's not doing great. Like it just it sucks because it's like, you know, maybe I just want Ted to have a good day because like maybe I'm going to have a good day because Ted is. It's like reverse psychology. Poor Ted. I know, like you see those fingers twitch, and you just know it's it's not going to be a good day. Yeah, because this episode is the funeral of Rebecca's father, and of course, uh, for Ted, that brings up lots of bad stuff. Um, and he has another panic attack, and like learning that he, like hearing him talk about being the one to find his dad's body, just gutted me. It, it fucking destroys you. And you you hear those two stories going on at the same time about like Rebecca finding out that her dad was cheating on her mom. And then you go to, you know, Ted finding out that, you know, his, his dad killed himself. And you you look at these two stories and then you see like how these two people end up like hating their fathers, you know, of course, for like both very opposite, you know, ways. And it just breaks your heart, you know, for both of them, especially Ted, you know, like, because we've known about Ted and like his father, you know, since like the darts episode and, you know, more and more, you know, starts coming together, like why he has these panic attacks, because, you know, he talks about like how he hates that his dad, like, wasn't there. And, you know, he hates how like he's not there for a son. Like, I can see how like that's connecting and how these panic attacks start. So it just breaks me heart for Ted. But also, like, I love how, you know, he's opening up to Dr. Sharon. And, you know, I think that talking about his issues is really going to help not resolve them, but make it okay for him to talk about it and okay that, you know, I can talk about this, you know, and I can get through this. Yeah, she's definitely the right doctor for him in terms of like challenging him and not putting up with his shit, but still obviously caring about him. Yeah, she's she's really good. And he is too. And I'm really glad that he was still able to like make the funeral, which I would have totally understand like if he wasn't able to, but that's how just wonderful of a friend that Ted is, is no matter like what he's going through, he's still going to be there for his friends. Yeah. Um, no, this was a good episode. I like this episode a lot because the humor all hits really hard. Like the stuff that like I laughed out loud several times, um, especially all of Roy's shit. Like when he walks in with that apple, I just completely fucking lost it. But <laughs> but it's also like super sad on several levels and it made me cry. And I am devastated that Rebecca broke it off with Sam. I don't know if I'm more devastated that she broke it off with Sam, but with also knowing that like it's inevitable that they're going to get back together because the way that Sam looks at her is like uh, ungodly and amazing. But also the fact that Keely was kind of eyeing Roy and uh, adding um, Jamie a little bit during this episode. And that worried me. In fact, I'm just worried because I know that Keely has a soft spot for for Jamie and I really fear that it's going to get to her you know her old feelings for Jamie because that's what happens when you're like in like a toxic relationship is that when you think they're going to change and they're inevitable of change and like that's when like you're at the highs when you think oh like they're nice they're this and then they're just going to revert back to their old ways like I'm really fearing that you know Keely 
has been fully under the spell. And even though Roy was kind of, I don't know, not that he was, he was kind of a dick about the funeral stuff, but it was fucking funny. Like, just, that's how some people, like, deal with that kind of stuff. And, you know, he told her at the end of it, you know, how his, like, uncle died and, you know, how he prayed every night that he would come back and he got, like, fucking nothing. And that was really sad. But I think that Keeley should understand, too, that everyone grieves a certain way. And, you know, instead of just, you know, getting mad about it, like she should really see, you know, how Roy is affected by things versus, you know, looking at Jamie and being like, hmm, well, maybe I could get back with Jamie. But I don't know. I understand both things and it just sucks to see. Yeah, I do. I really am liking Jamie this season, though. I thought his like as much as like they absolutely cannot get back together. It was a sweet little speech that he gave and he wasn't. Like, he shouldn't have done it because it puts her in such an awkward spot, but it wasn't, like, hugely aggressive or anything like that. It was just, like, here this is. I know you're with this other guy, but I want you to know I'm growing and I love you and you're one of the reasons I came back. And I'm, like, that was actually, like, a really nice moment for him. It was, but I don't know. Scumbag is always a scumbag. Like, as much as Jamie has really evolved, like, this season, like, I still see the douchebaggery in his heart a little bit like it's hard for me to forget that how he treated uh keely that first season and i don't think that's going to go away i think that he thinks it went away because you know he's been good these past couple episodes but i i don't know like well i also think he doesn't actually love keely and i like i don't like i think he thinks he does but i also think that he is still very much a child who does not know what a real relationship is. And she was somebody who encouraged him to be a better person. So now that he thinks he is being a better person, like she is the one who, who he's reaching out to, but I don't, you know, I don't think he, that is actually what would make him happy or a relationship he would be like satisfied in. Cause I just think he thinks that's the next adult step She's the most adult person he ever dated. Yeah, it's it's exactly like how Tony Soprano thinks he's in love with his therapist. So he tries to make a move on her during their therapy session. Yeah, it's it's, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> yes, there's many links between Ted Lasso and the Sopranos. But no, like I just... It was just a, it was a lovely episode. Um... I want Sam and Rebecca to get back together, but I do like that they, it wasn't, it wasn't a, this isn't working. It wasn't a, you know, we can't do this because we work together. It was, I need to figure some shit out and hopefully you will still be there when I figure that out. And Sam wants that too. Like he is going to wait, you know, not forever, but He's like, he totally didn't argue with her because Sam is a like amazing dude who is not a piece of shit on any level. And he's just like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep smiling at you and loving you. And then hopefully one day you'll be better and come back and we can have great sex again. Yeah. The thing that I loved about the breakup is that uh, she didn't break up with him, you know, because, you know, he had a large penis (laughs) or because you know they work together kind of it was just because he's so wonderful and I totally understand that about how she's like so afraid to get hurt and she sees how lovely and kind that he is and she probably either thinks that you know she doesn't deserve it or she like really is just afraid of getting hurt and 
that's just such a relatable feeling. And I'm really glad that this show like touches up on that because, you know, after, you know, getting out of, you know, an emotionally abusive relationship, you know, like Rebecca did with her, you know, horrible ex-husband who decided to make an appearance this episode with his uh, wife and child. Um, I'm not sure if they got married yet or I don't know, his, his, his lady and their, their child. Um, I don't know. Like, I understand that. I understand how Rebecca's feeling and, you know, has, how sad it is that, you know, she broke things off with Sam. I totally understand why she did it. And I understand that, you know, the door isn't fully closed and I'm happy about that. But also like, I know how wonderful like Sam is and especially how he said that, like, he's just going to be getting more wonderful <laughs> like that. He's that just sealed it for me. He's just the cutest little thing. And especially when Rebecca's mom said to her, oh, did you guys, uh, take a break she's like why he's like i saw him walking out of the closet sad (laughs) or something (laughs) but Uh, i I like i like her i love the (coughs) the keely sassy rebecca friendship is wonderful all of their scenes were amazing um (laughs) keely saying i hate that baby that baby sucks um sassy's scenes with Rupert when she's just like fuck off and die I love Sassy I love Sassy too I love Sassy's daughter you know when Rebecca's apologizing to her for her relationship with Sam and all she's telling her is that she's a boss ass bitch like that's just amazing the relationship with these women is something that is just so so wonderful to see because you don't see this in shows because it's it's literally like so relatable like I could totally see that at a funeral like two people seeing each other and getting that fucking excited like I love that shit I love that Kaylee immediately guesses it was Sam and I love how excited and happy they are for her and and, and like it was all very lovely and good and uh, Rupert's a huge piece of shit although God damn, he was looking good in this episode. That's all I can think. I've had a crush on Anthony Stewart Head since, like, you know, like fucking high school when I was in high school when he was on Buffy. And so I still have a crush on that man. And he was just looked really good in the suit and his hair was nice, but he is a piece of shit and I hate him. I think it didn't help too that everyone looked super nice in this episode because, you know, obviously they're going to a funeral. Then all the boys on the football team too looked really nice. When the whole and team poor- shows up poor danny in his shoes maybe he was just wearing the wrong size shoes because i was thinking like dress shoes can't be that bad honey are dress shoes that bad uh, properly fitted and uh, you have to find comfy ones well then he he just should have found comfy ones it's not that fucking hard right no but yeah what is it that's he's never worn them before and he probably bought them and somebody's like yeah these are really nice and expensive where oh yeah he got fucked yeah the the shoe thing was funny like the the conversation the whole team's having about <laughs> like i i don't have time to to wait in line at midnight <laughs> for a shoe release you know it was funny because i didn't understand that at first and i'm thinking wait oh because these boys all they buy is like yeezys and like other like shoes where they have to like wait at midnight to get these shoes so like they really think that like all shoes are like that where they have to wait that's pretty fucking funny i i can't how did they come up with this shit it's like they have actual real people like come in and write this show like it's incredible because like this is real life shit <laughs> I would say probably most football players know what dress shoes are, but 
I just, it was an adorable scene. But when everybody's coming off the bus and like, Rebecca's just so touched by that and it made me very happy. And then of course the end, like when she's giving the eulogy and <sighs> never gonna give you up, never gonna let you, that song's gonna be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. I mean, what an inspired song choice. Just like such a brilliant, like weird thing, but I love it. And she's just so good. Like, like obviously an amazing voice, but just her acting this episode was, she just really hit it out of the park. I love her. I love her too. I'm glad that she won that Emmy. Yes. And Roy. Yeah, Ted Lasso did good um, at the Emmys. I know. Yeah. I love Roy. He's love really good. It's yeah. weird, like, hearing him speak, like, not as Roy Kent, like, as, like, real-life person because, like, he doesn't sound angry. And, like, I just expect, like, him to sound, like, as he does as Roy Kent. But, like, he's just, <sighs> he sounds like, like the nicest person in the world. And it just, yeah. it's, it's too weird for me. Like, I can't do it. What really got me was when um, when Jason Sudeikis went up to accept his reward because, I, look, I know I know what his real voice sounds like, and I know he does not have the accent that Ted does. But as soon as he started talking, I'm like, oh yeah, I just I've just like been watching so much of the show, and I don't watch like other stuff that he's in, so. In my head now, whenever I see Jason Sudeikis, I just expect to hear Ted's accent. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis is a treasure. And I'm so glad that he's Ted Lasso because I don't think anyone else could really do it. And he looked so happy for Hannah and for Brett when they won. Like he was near tears. It was so sweet. He's just so good. Like, everyone in this show is just so good. And I just can't... There's not one negative thing that I could say about this show. Other than, like, that... We we watch these people on television. And, like, I wish, like, they were real people. So, like, they could be our friends. I want to be friends with Keely and Rebecca so badly. Ugh, me too. I just want to gossip with them. Like, they just seem, like, so fun. And, you know, with mimosas or just something fun like how she snuck the bottle of wine into the funeral like that's just some a plus shit right there but yeah that's uh that's ted lasso it's so good i can't wait for next week's episode i don't like to look at like the preview for next week because like i i like to like be like surprised so friday will be fun we only have two more what are we gonna do with ourselves? Like, we're I don't, really not gonna I don't have, know. We're gonna lose all of our listeners because I feel like we've gained <laughs> a lot of like Ted Lasso fans through this journey, and we're gonna lose them. Also, I just won't. We won't have Ted Lasso to watch, and that makes me sad because it's like the one thing I look forward to every week is being able to watch Ted Lasso. Well, do you know what else we can look forward to watching on Fridays now? What's that? The Great British Bake Off. Yes, it's back. There was cake week this week. There was some good looking cake. What are your thoughts on the people so far? Jurgen 
is great. He's my favorite. I love him. I love I love Jurgen. Uh Giuseppe. I, I really like Giuseppe. He's he's too talented. Like he makes everything so like effortlessly. And then he finishes early too. Like those fuckers who finish early, like they have some ungodly talent. Like it's insane. And I'm trying to think of like who else I like. I need to go on like the um the Instagram page real quick and just like see like different bakers. Freya's really good. I like Freya. Um her her style and how like she makes everything like vegan like I like that because I, I know that some bakers like they start off you know like you know Peter last year you know oh, I make gluten-free things for my brother but he started making like actual like things with gluten in it and everything but like she's like sticking to it she's sticking to the vegan shit and I like that I think that's really creative and I think that like truly challenges her and she didn't do she did really good on you know the the blind baker the the second challenge too so um I really like the bakers. I disagree with the judges. I think that the cop should have left the competition uh, versus, um, I forget what his name is, but. Oh, I was fine with that guy going. Like he was, I don't know. He had crazy eyes. He was a little bit weird. Yeah, that's what Carlos said too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like the bakers. Um I think they're really good and I'm really excited for this season because like there's not like a person that I'm like, you know what? I I don't like them. I love Maggie. I mean, uh, Prue. I mean, Maggie. Uh, I love the jokes that they were saying that she looks like Prue and like how they put the glasses on her. I really, That was my favorite. I really liked Prue's glasses this episode. The hot pink was very cool. Yeah. Um George was adorable, even though his first bake was like atrocious. Um, the many Swiss rolls that he made like, <laughs> like didn't really look like anything. But I, I really like these bakers. Um, what about you? Like, who are some of your favorite bakers? I mean, Jurgen is definitely my favorite, and I like Giuseppe. Um, who else I'm looking at right now? I liked George a lot. George is cute. I like George. Um, <clears throat> is it Jarzino? Jarzino? I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name because I don't remember. Yeah, Jarzino. I liked him. He seemed like just like a nice dude. Um, Frey is really good, but her fucking voice is killing me. I can't. I cannot deal with her her accent. Her accent's insane because she could say something and then like insane, like she always ends it with like an extra syllable, which like I think that's just her accent. But like I think it's kind of cute right now. But I can understand like how well, I know I did. Annoying. I texted you on that one being like, there's yeah. there's a contestant whose accent when I first heard it I thought was a bit she was doing, and it's not, and it's it's weird because it sort of seems to like. To like come and go how pronounced it is but yeah we'll see everybody else I kind of got to wait to see but for right now Jurgen is my favorite because he just seems nice and he made really good looking stuff yeah um I, I like all these bakers like there's not like one person like I can kind of tell like some like bakers who I think are going to make it far like Jurgen and Giuseppe Freya I think could make it really far and I, I think Maggie's really good. I was concerned that Maggie's, I think Maggie's cake was a little dry. But 
I don't know. I, I really like everyone. Um, I want to keep an eye on uh, Jarzino because even though he totally ruined his uh, illusion cake or whatever, but I think that because it tasted so good that he stayed, like the fact that he totally missed yeah. the criteria, but his cake was fucking delicious. Like, I think that there's hope for him, you know, in these next couple challenges that he'll do a lot better. Yeah, I felt really bad for him because I thought his idea, like if he had pulled it off, like the the concept of it looked really cool. But it did not work. Like remotely. I know. And like maybe if his buttercream like was a little thicker, but I don't really think that would have saved anything. But I I did enjoy this episode. I enjoyed the uh Billy Cyrus tribute band to Icky Breaky Heart or Achy Breaky Tart. Um those things are so goddamn painful. It's amazing. I just think it's amazing how, like, Paul Hollywood, like, he, he tries to play it off like he's some, like, cool motherfucker, but he loves that shit. Like, he would love to be put in a wig any day and, and act like he's Billy Ray Cyrus. Like, he loves the attention. <laughs> like, it is so funny, and it makes me laugh so hard just seeing him like this because he tries to play off like he's just serious and about baking and everything and then like he's he's acting like he's he's billy ray cyrus singing about tarts like it's incredible but no it's it's good i like it i'm excited for the next couple episodes and i i'm really happy that it's back because it's like the little bit of happiness you know that and Ted Lasso like you can't give any better than that but like you can't watch like both at the same time because like that's just like too much happiness like you need to separate that shit because if you watch like too much at once then like you you just get like too fucking happy and then like you realize like the world isn't that fucking happy and then you're gonna get sad again <laughs> so you need to split that into two days or maybe like split it like only watch like 15 minutes no just split it in two days just so that <laughs> you you're not like fully hypnotized by the happiness i was really glad that bake-off started up this week because ted lasso dropped early so i watched ted lasso thursday night because i don't have any impulse control and then i was thinking like oh my god i'm not gonna have anything nice to watch on friday because friday i come home from work and i get takeout or i you know make something yummy and then i have a beer and i watch ted lasso and i'm like but i already watched ted lasso and then i remembered that bake-off was back and that that slotted in nicely. Yeah, that's a good way to end a day is watching Big Off, you know, getting like some takeout or something. Oh, that sounds good. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that we have these like good shows. I'm as sad as I am that like Ted Lasso is like the season's ending soon. And I'm almost sadder because I don't know how many seasons they're going to end up doing. But I don't think Big Off's going to end for a long time. So for or as long as I know, Big Off will last forever. The other thing that I watched this week was Star Wars Visions. Yeah, we all watched Star Wars Visions. What did you think of Star Wars Visions? Well, we'll go through all the episodes individually in a bit, but um, overall, like... I mean, I thought it was fine. Like, some of them I liked. Some of them, bore, like, bored me. But I don't know. So many of them felt like pilot episodes. 
And that seems a little bit strange. Um, I don't know if they're just, you know, like that's intentional and they're testing like the waters for doing some of that stuff or if it was just like how it's going to be. But I was expecting them to be more self-contained than they are. Um, There's a couple of them that I want to go back and watch it just in Japanese with English subtitles because I was getting distracted by the voice acting. Um, I did watch it all at once because I was about halfway through and I was getting a little like twitchy, but then I thought if I turn this off now, I'm not going to bother to go back to it. Not because I'm like hating it. I just am not particularly caring. But what was your experience watching it? Well, it was an experience. No, uh, I I thought it was fine. I started off watching the, I watched the first three episodes on Wednesday night. Um, I wanted to try to get as many as possible because Carlos had to record the sit list. And they were fine. I really liked the duel. Uh, Tatooine Rhapsody was, I, I, I like a good musical, so that was fine. Um, I love Neil Patrick Harris. Like, don't get me wrong, but I, I can't do it. I can't do him as a Jedi. I, I just, I, I can't. Like, it's too on the nose for me. It's too, like, I feel like I'm at California Adventure on, you know, California Screaming before it became the Incredicoaster. And I hear him going, three, two, one, go! And, like, I, I, I can't. Like, I can't get, I can't wrap my mind around the fact that he is not a Disneyland roller coaster and that he's an actual person. But no disrespect to Neil Patrick Harris. But I, I thought it was fine. I don't think that this... <laughs> This is entirely like this. This isn't my thing necessarily. Like I'm not into anime. I'm not into this uh, this content. But I I thought that some episodes were really good, and some of them did end. And I'm thinking like, yeah, exactly how you said, like how like they're pilots, and then some just ended like just like without like finishing it. I would think like, wouldn't you want to you know finish these stories, but I I thought it was okay. Um, but yeah, it was fine. Yeah, so we start off with the duel, which, I mean, it's a very much, you know, like, stranger samurai comes to town kind of story. Um, but what really... The only... Like, the, the reason this episode works, at least for me, because there's nothing particularly, like, new in the story, but visually... This is the most interesting episode, I think, and just the the art style, like that, like pen uh, ink brush, was just gorgeous. I thought. Yeah, I think the animation was really good in this episode, and I feel like for me, like this, when I think of Star Wars Visions, I think of this episode. I think of something else too, but we'll we'll get to it when the episode comes. But this episode is one of the episodes that I want to go back and like rewatch. I almost did last night, but I had to watch bake off and the priorities. Yeah. But I thought, I thought it was just gorgeous. I loved the, um, that had that kind of like old film grain effect to it where you'd see like the little flickery stuff and the background. Occasionally I enjoyed that a lot. And, uh, I am intrigued to read the, the book, that this one inspired. Yeah, that sounds interesting. But just when he when he lights up his 
saber and it's also red. I thought that was a, like a really fucking cool reveal. And again, like just, it, just it was gorgeous to look at. Yeah, it was a really gorgeous episode, and I, I really liked it. I feel like it really hooked me into you know visions and you know wanting more and seeing like what this uh, series has to offer. And I and I was I think it was a smart one to start it off with just because it's such a like hit so many classic samurai tropes and that you know is so much of the inspiration for Star Wars in the first place that I liked that. Um, what did you think of Tatooine Rhapsody? I thought it was fine. I I love a good musical episode with a band. And especially Joseph Gordon-Levitt singing in the band. I liked it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. I love the little tropes of Star Wars where you can hear it kind of like, you can feel like the Jabba, free us or die. But he's like, Jabba, sponsor us. <laughs> I love that. Like, I think that's adorable. And I, I really liked the take on this. And I could really see like all of these episodes like, kind of like how they relate you know to the original trilogy and like where they get their inspirations from and I definitely see this you know especially with it being on Tatooine and you see a bunch of characters like Boba Fett and Jabba and Bib Fortuna like I I thought it was a really like Star Warsy episode you know without it you know sticking you know to canon or whatever the fuck it is now I, I thought it was cute I would definitely watch it again would you think I didn't, I was expecting to enjoy this one more than I did. I think part of the reason it didn't really hit with me is I didn't think the song was great or even like, like I almost wish it had been more annoying so it would have been more catchy or something. But uh, I thought, you know, it was okay. Uh, I liked Boba Fett, especially at the end when he's just listening and like bopping his head along. I thought that was very cute. And, you know, like uh, I'm always happy to hear Tamora Morrison. Oh, me too. And so, did you know Tomorrow Morrison has an album? What? Okay. This is, was news delivered to me when I was on a, a Skype call cause last night with um, Chris Hall and some other peeps. But he, he was talking about it. And we were all like, what the shit are you talking about, dude? It is uh, amazing. It's all like covers of like... It's like him doing like Frank Sinatra songs and shit. It's amazing. It's called Tem. I high. It's on Spotify. I highly suggest if you have not listened to it, you go listen to it. He's got a really good voice and some guitar skills, and it's just—I don't know. I was just delighted to learn that it existed, and it made me very, very happy. So. I also just don't know how I didn't know that it existed because it seems like that's something I would have heard about on, you know, any of the many Star Wars podcasts I listen to or have just seen it on Twitter a bunch. But nope, haven't heard about it at all until last night. Oh, my God. He's so cute with the guitar and his album cover picture. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, I'm looking at all these songs. Oh, it's a, like it's like some really good. Sh- like he's do He does Midnight Special. He does It's Not Unusual, which is great. He does Wonderful World. Ugh. 
Oh my God. I need to listen to this. I can't believe more people haven't talked about this. That What the fuck? And this came out in 2014. Like, where were we in 2014? I mean, I wouldn't have cared about it in 2014, but certainly it seems like when freaking Mandalorian was on or when Book of Boba Fett was announced, everybody should have been talking about this. Oh my God. They need to like, but instead of like the Mandalorian theme, they should dub it with like one of his cover songs. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's pretty good. I have to after we stop listening, I really need to listen to that album. It's the most highly anticipated album. <laughs> it was just because when, when we were chatting last night, Chris just like Hall was just like, oh, and you do like sort of Alpan, and oh, if you listen to his album, and I'm like. What? Like this record scratch of what the shit are you, what do you mean he has an album? What are you talking about? But no, it's my highlight of my weekend was finding that. Because that man is a delight. So next up was the twins. And this is one where I got distracted by you talking about Neil Patrick Harris, which, yeah, first of all, I don't enjoy him. But I do really like Alison Brie. But it just was not working for me in this context. I think they, I, this is one I want to go back and, and listen to with the, with the Japanese actors and maybe it's the same, but Alison Brie and Neil Patrick Harris were both doing such a, if you were doing a parody of what you thought an anime character sounded like, that is the performance they are both giving. And it, was just so fucking over the top. And I know like the like the you know super dramatic stuff, there's a lot of that in an anime, but this was so gone they were going so hard for it and because it is both actors who I recognize their voices, it was sort of like if Saturday Night Live did an anime. It just seemed too performative to me. Like I really love the idea of this episode and I agree with you. I think that, you know, I wanted to listen to this like with the different dub and I just, I really wanted to like this episode, you know, especially with like the connecting star destroyers. Like the story seemed, (laughs) it was a ridiculous looking fucking chip, man. It was ridiculous. And it's like, I totally like understood like, okay, like the, the inspiration or like how this could be something that was really good but unfortunately it just didn't hit it for me and I think it was just the voice actors like Allison Brie like I'm not really familiar with a lot of her work and I'm too familiar with Neil Patrick Harris like (sighs) California Adventure Ride um I watched all of How I Met Your Mother (sighs) I just I it wasn't my favorite and it was a bummer because like I really thought I would like this one I really liked her character. It was just, again, like the voice was bothering me. I liked the character design. Like I thought the, like the helmet was really cool looking, but it just, I don't know, by the end I was just like, I was too distracted. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Village Bride was next. Village Bride was interesting because Village Bride, they have obviously thought so much about backstory and there's a whole world that they have in their heads but we are just sort of dropped in the middle of it and so it's kind of frustrating 
because they, they'll make like vague allusions to stuff that happened in the past or, oh, do you like, you know, this is where he's from and you don't know like who they're referring to or anything like that. And that's something like if I knew this was going to be a 12 episode show, I'd be like, oh, I'm interested to find out more about that in the future. But if it's just, hey, this is a one shot 15 minutes that we're never going to go back to. I don't know. Like, I liked this. I thought like I liked the animation. Um, I, I liked all the voices in this one. I thought the story was cool. Um, but this is one of the ones where I was most frustrated at, by it just being a one off. Yeah, I think that there were a lot of like unanswered questions in this episode, like obviously because, you know, we were dropped in the middle of it. But I think like this one was like the most like aesthetically, like not pleasing, but I really liked the aesthetic of this episode. I really liked the plot. I loved, you know, this character, you know, saving the village bride and, you know, just the story like behind that. And, you know, even though we only got like a snippet of like what that story was, like I really liked it. You know, we got to see like the battle droids and everything too. And I love like, I, I feel like it's such like a star Wars or, you know, people think of star Wars and think of the original trilogy. And I always like, you know, like just the little snippets that we get of the prequels, you know, talking about the separatists and talking about like the battle droids. I, I really enjoyed that. And it was, it was funny hearing the battle droid voices again, because I didn't think I would ever hear that again, you know, especially after Bad Batch. So I thought it was fine. Um, This was another episode for me where I'm like, you know, like it, it ended and I'm like, doesn't feel like it's over. But none of these are over. Yeah, but it's funny because, like, despite obviously, like you know, you're talking about the battle droid stuff, but I felt like in a lot of ways this one feels the most like its own thing and the least beholden to Star Wars in a lot of ways because, it, like, it's just like <clears throat> it's playing with pretty classic story tropes and they've set it up extremely well and have obviously done a ton of world building there and it just like. It happens to be that, you know, the bad government coming in that she's willing to sacrifice herself for is Star Wars. But just I feel like that one is one that you could easily remove all Star Wars references from and it still works. Yeah, I think it works. And... I, I do think that this was definitely like some of like the one of the top episodes that like I really liked like this the first episode and the fourth episode which was this one like really really hit with me and I think that definitely this is a way to be one that I want to revisit too. Uh, next up was the ninth Jedi. What did you think, Brittany? Hi, my name is Ethan. That's what I fucking think. I I Emily like. How do you take a show seriously when the first fucking thing you hear is some kid walking into the room and saying, hi, my name is Ethan. Like, I can't. Like, even though, like, I loved the subplot of this episode, you know, about the the lightsaber mining and, like, how, you know, the dad, you know, sacrificed himself and, you know, told his daughter to take these lightsabers. Like, I loved the story story but there are just some parts of it that I just like some details of it I wasn't really like fond of but I really like this one you know other than hi my name is Ethan I thought it was good 
I didn't hate it. I liked some of that. Like, I liked the girl and her dad. I liked the lightsaber forging. I did, like, I thought the, oh my God, they're all secretly Sith reveal was not a great one. Like, I just saw that coming about a fucking mile away. And so it didn't really work for me. But I don't know. People really seem to like this episode. And I'm like, I was fine. Yeah, there are some things missing from it. And the animation, like, wasn't my favorite. Like, especially when, like, they were inside of the the Jedi Temple or the little, like, temple mm. area. Um, it... It sounds weird, but like remind me of something like like Masters of like like the University, like type of thing. I don't know why. Oh, okay, but it was fine. Not my thing, but I loved the subplot of this episode more than like the actual plot of you know there are these Jedi here. Yeah, I can see that. What was next, Toby? Oh, Toby was cute. I really like Toby. Toby has a special place in my heart, and I, I really liked it. My heart fucking broke for um, I, I forgot what the doctor's name was, but when like the doctor it was revealed that he was a Jedi and like the Sith had come to destroy him, and how Toby, you know, even though he wanted to be a Jedi, he wanted to complete the doctor's dream. Of, you know, creating life on the planet. And that made me just so happy that he was able to create life on the planet and how he was able to become a Jedi. But yeah. It was very cute. The animation in this one is adorable. Um, it's, you know, it's got a little bit of a like Pinocchio story to it. And he just wants, he's a little, he's a cute little droid and he wants to be a Jedi. Yeah. He was so precious. And, you know, the, the the scene when he's fighting the Inquisitor, that was intense. <laughs> That's when I was like, oh, wow, like, I'm watching fucking anime. Like, damn. But I really liked it. I thought it was really cute. And the droids were adorable. I was really sad at first because I thought the Inquisitor wiped out all those little droid friends, but he didn't. So I was really happy about that. Yeah, and this one, this is one that the, like, yeah, you know, you could do the further adventures of Toby, but this felt like a complete story to me. And that, like, I would go old pretty quickly as a whole series, but as, you know, a short worked really well and was cute and I enjoyed it. And it didn't leave me like, oh, you know, it didn't, it didn't feel unfinished, even though it ends with, you know, like, obviously open-ended. Yeah, like we kind of got like a full complete like story of Toby and you know we we saw, you know, the the bad events of Toby's life and then like ending with like the good events. So I I like that. And I liked how we got to see like life on the planet too because like, I love that. I I love how this episode was like trying to be like as like energy and life, you know, cautious and you know, just you know, creating a planet. And life on a planet, and like how important that is. Like it was very eco-friendly, and I I really like that for Star Wars. I like an eco-friendly episode. Um, the Elder was the next one, and this this one, like you definitely know you're watching anime when you watch this one. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. I mean, it's got. 
got a solid um, like voice cast and stuff and like James Hong doing the voice of the old man was really cool. The I liked the fight scenes. And I liked that it was like, we're lucky that dude wasn't younger because he definitely would have fucking killed us both. Oh my God, I know. It was funny too because this episode started and I, I like to watch, I like to see like who the voice actors are. And you can 100% tell that it was David Harbour. <laughs> yeah. And then Jordan Fisher was there too. And like, I can kind of tell like Jordan Fisher, he did like some Disney Channel stuff, the like Secret Life of American Teenager stuff. Like he's. Okay, yeah, I didn't. I don't know him at all. But I also like even just looking at his name, I don't know who he is. So, yeah, when I saw the name, it looked really familiar. Then I saw like what stuff he was in. I was like, oh yeah, like I remember his like soap opera slash like Disney Channel days. But I I really like this episode. The elder it was creepy. Like the the old man that they ended up like fighting. Like I really thought that uh, Dan and. <laughs> Dan, no. <laughs> the dialogue in this episode, and I think the dialogue in general, but I think that's what makes it like really Star Wars is that the dialogue is always like a little bit off. Yeah, but it did have a very, you know, it is a very classic like um, um, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon kind of dynamic and stuff or any of like the classic, um, you know, Padawan and teach her parents. Yeah. Yeah. I I really liked it, though. I, I liked, like, the Padawan and the Master, Evan, you know, trying to figure out this mystery of this Sith and just how fucking powerful he was and then how he just, like, fucking disintegrated after he died, too. Like, I just... This was another episode, too, that's, like, I wanted to learn more about, like, the backstory and the characters. Like, why were they, why were they there? What were they were doing? And, yeah, the planet just looks sad that they were on, too. Like, it, it made me sad. Like, it was just a very dark episode. But I really liked it. But it was just really dark. The next one was my favorite. And that was um, Lopinoco. And I just, I, there was a lot of stuff I liked here. I thought I just literally liked Lope because I, I mean, it was just great. Like, she was an adorable, like, I like the rabbit alien. And I thought, you know, like the whole adopted family thing was really cute. And then her sister betraying her and her father. And that was heartbreaking. And when she's still trying to get through to her at the end. And this is what I could watch a whole series of. Yeah, this was an episode where I first started. I'm like, oh, we have a rabbit person now. I was like, oh, shit. This is this is anime. But I really liked it. Like, I loved how, you know, she was accepted into the family and how she was accepted into, you know, the family sword, you know, the lightsaber. And the dynamic of sisters is always something that I love in Star Wars, but especially like a dynamic in sisters where like something happens with their relationship because that's something that's never really touched on. You know, you have siblings, you know, rivalry and everything, but it's like there's nothing like a rivalry of sisters. Like, that's just something that's so unique and so you, you can write you can truly write a story about it and you can see their frustrations their tensions you know their disagreement on you know what should happen with the planet uh i i really liked it i i wanted more from this episode also and 
the imagery was beautiful. Um, the dialogue, I, the dialogue was pretty good, but yeah, I, I really liked it. It was really good. Yeah. And it had, you know, again, like one definitely ended on a note where you could continue it, but I do, I do like that. And I always like, I, I think that is an interesting thing of, you know, like the, the character who goes, no, the empire can save us and help us. And yeah, it might be, they might not be the greatest people, but sometimes you make deals with the devil in order to, you know, save your people. And I, I think that's a, an interesting story to, to explore. But I also like that, even though, you know, like she's the one who, betrayed her family and you know like she's still so mad that that Lope got the family sword and the whole like when she does that you're not even like family thing like just the heartbreak of that I loved yeah I that's like one thing too where you know they were adopted sisters but like they were sisters and the fact that like that's the one thing that she can use against her sister was that you know you're not even family like that just fucking blows like that's how fucking rageful and cruel like someone could be and like how they can how could they can try to separate themselves like from their family you know choosing differently and just you know what they can use like for attack and how they can choose their words to to ha- cause other people to hurt. But yeah, that was a bummer. And it was sad, but yeah, I, I yeah, again, like I just, I want to know what happens to these characters. Like I'm, I'm really intrigued and I wish there was more that we would, we would learn yeah, that was one, like, if they announced, like, there was going to be a ser- a full series of that one, I that's the one I would most want. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then we got to the last one, which is Akakiri, and we get a, a Jedi who was, like, going back to the planet, and he, um, you know, obviously has this relationship with this princess, but her father's been overthrown, and... <laughs> I like this episode. I can't believe that this is the last episode because it is such a bummer of an ending. I mean this in like the nicest way possible, but like it was nightmare fuel. Like it, but I mean that in like the nicest way because this episode was so complex and it really told a story. It just the music that they chose for this, like it was in, it was interesting, it was intriguing, but it was also like really creepy. And it was kind of like a horror slash like like scary movie type thing. And a part of me understands like why they ended it with this, you know, because it's an interesting story. And uh, Carlos brought up the good point about like how he thought this was kind of a take on like what would have happened if Anakin was able to save Padme with his powers? Because, you know, you get in the end of the episode and where he's having these visions of he's killing someone and he realizes it's, you know, the daughter. And then him and the aunt, you know, join forces and he's able to save her with the dark side powers. 
and he just walks away and that's the end of the episode and then you hear that just like creepy music again and I don't know like as much as I thought you know this episode like kind of like creeped me out but I mean in like the nicest and best way possible I'm I'm just really interested this is an episode too which I would really want to watch in like the dub you know instead of you know Mm -hmm. the the English version because I think I would be more interested in it but yeah that that music that they use like I was interested in the score of Visions and I think that this episode was my favorite score even though it it creeped me out yeah no I like this one I just like you know I'm just sort of surprised that it was the one they put last I'm I'm sort of surprised they didn't switch this and um, maybe Lope, Lope and Ocho, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you don't want to like end on, on Toby, because that's a little too like cutesy, but it seems like Lope and Ocho, or maybe the elder would have been like, seemed more like less of a bummer ending, because you know, yeah, like, in terms of like the movies, they'll do the, the bummer of an ending on, on the middle movie, but generally at the end of the thing things are okay so to end all of star wars visions on this nah nah the dark side is one this guy's gonna go off and learn to be a sith now so because he saved the woman that he loved and i'm like okay that's 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 bold for star wars yeah it's truly bold one thing though i i really didn't like is how these all came out at once I don't know why they came out all at once. I know that some of them, you know, ranged from like five minutes to 20 minutes. But I just, I don't think it fits well that, you know, you have Disney Plus, you have this subscription service where, you know, you watch an episode a week. And I think this is how Vision should have been. I think that we should have had just like one episode a week because. I I don't think you could do one. I think you could maybe do like, maybe you could split it up into, into three of three. But ask people to turn in every week for like a 13 episode, I mean, a 13 minute episode. I don't know, especially since so many of them feel incomplete. You know what I think would have worked better? If they hadn't treated them as episodes. Yeah. If you had just done like, if you hadn't done the opening credits every time and I get I get it's only just like a few seconds but I think if you had done it more like an anthology movie where you're, you're cutting between segments but they they still all feel like you're watching one thing I think that might have worked better yeah I just don't think that it worked you know releasing all these at once because I feel like that's the point of you know a like I, I've become comfortable with the fact that, okay, I can watch like only one episode a week. Like I understand how like Netflix is doing that with a lot of shows and how Disney Plus has been doing that with all the shows that I really, really like, like Mandalorian, High School Musical, the musical, the series, um, different documentaries, et cetera, et cetera. I just didn't like how all these were available at once because like I want time to kind of grasp like what I'm watching what's going on because then it makes me like forget the content of the episodes you know because like I feel like I had to binge these episodes and I didn't get to spend enough time you know analyzing or you know just admiring the beauty of these episodes and 
I don't know. Like I, I wish that we really only got like one or two episodes a week because I just feel like I consumed like too much of this and I'm full. And like, I don't want to look at food again until like two or three days from now, even though I have some delicious goods in my fridge. Like it just, it's, I don't know. It wasn't my cup of tea, but I just overall was fine. I, I don't think there's enough here to stretch it out over nine weeks. Yeah, but then it could have like prepared us for uh, Book of Boba or God, what the fuck's coming up next? I don't know. Like all I know is that Disney Plus Day is coming, and oh, we might get getting trailers for shit. Which I don't know. I Disney Plus Day is interesting because you know they they're like, ooh, ah, look at the stuff that we're gonna get, and then like we're not gonna fucking get it. Like I feel like we waited like two and a half years for what if and then now that it's here and I feel like every time they're going to mention something we're not going to get it for like two years anyways like they're going to show us probably like something like a sizzle reel of like Kenobi or something but we're not going to see that for like a year and a half or something it's just and then like we fall for it too especially me because Disney and like I love Disney like injected in my veins like I am Disney and I know how excited I'm going to be like seeing all these you know what's coming up next in Disney and everything but it's not going to be for a long time and and that's why I kind of wish too that we would have you know split these up a little bit not entirely you know one a week possibly like two a week or something or you know just make it all like one big bunch of episodes like make it one big bunch instead of just like one two three but then it's like I wish that Disney plus like had like chapters because Netflix had it didn't like Netflix have like the chapters thing where it's like you can you skip to a chapter or something I think that'd be useful I'm kind of like when you're watching like a DVD and then like they have like the chapters. I think that'd be useful. I think that would be useful for this, but yeah, not my thing. Now, overall, overall, I liked it. Um, if you want to hear from people who have more experience with uh, anime, I suggest listening to Blue Harvest with Haas and Will, who really dig into that well and are able to pull out some stuff of like <clears throat> like knowing what you know like what things these companies made and sort of like oh if you like this anime if you like this visions then you know here's some anime that that this is sort of drawing from and in this style and so if that's the third thing you're after listen to blue harvest i also just listen to blue harvest in general because they are good boys yeah, I, I think that you should just listen to Blue Harvest, you know, regardless of anything. Like, I I would guarantee that. Like, if someone came up to me, a stranger, and said, hey, I need a podcast to listen to, any genre, what would it be? I'd say, listen to Blue Harvest. My friends, Haas and Will, are very great at talking about Star Wars topics and anything ranging from, you know, wild animals to anime to jump-scaring Haas. Like, I, I think... It is wonderful, and it is the equivalent to a cup of coffee every morning. The great thing about the jump scare is it leads to this double jump scare, which is Jesse scares Hawes and makes him yell, but then Hawes screaming unexpectedly makes me jump every single time. One time I fell asleep listening to Blue Harvest, and I woke up to Hawes screaming. Not a pleasant way to wake up. Really disconcerting. You must have thought you might have, like, hurt Haas or something. Or, like, what did I do to Haas? <laughs> I don't even think I was thinking, you know, it's just it's like, it's just like, waking up to anybody screaming is bad. 
it's it was very I was very disoriented for a moment, and then I'm like, oh yes, that is that is the podcast, and obviously like <laughs> Jesse walked by or something, which is sometimes all it takes. Oh my god, that's so funny. I know, like I can't imagine like being asleep and like you know hearing someone scream. Like I remember a couple weekends ago, I woke up to Carlos yelling, "You know it!" in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know, it's so funny, dreams and, like, just talking in sleep, but especially, like, hearing something in your sleep, that's why I can't, like, fall asleep to listening to podcasts. I always remember when I went to D23 for the first time in, like, 2017, I fell asleep, like, uh, listening to Rogue One, and it was weird listening to Johnny Grosso going to sleep, because, like, Haas, that's fine, like, Haas is a wonderful voice anyways, but... Yeah, it was it was interesting, and and Michael Pappas, that's an interesting group to fall asleep to. <laughs> um, any other visions, thoughts, or Star Wars news? Eh, Star Wars is Star Wars. Like news will pop up, and visions was fine. It wasn't necessarily like my favorite thing in the world, but like I'm, I think it's great that this exists, you know, for you know, this type of content that a lot of people like really like. And I really enjoyed some of these episodes, and I was really intrigued in them. And I'm really glad this is here and that we got like some Star Wars content. And I like that it was very creative. Like that's one thing that I really loved about all of this was that it came from creativity. It wasn't some damn Dave Filoni shit where everything's recycled and everything's connected. Even though, like, it is inspired from Star Wars, but, I mean, like, all Star Wars is inspired from Star Wars, but I just thought this was really creative and really fun, and I hope that we get more visions in the future and more visions of, you know, different episodes, different, you know, stories. Like, I liked it. It was cool. Yeah, I'd like to see this become like a semi-regular thing. I'd also like like to see them go beyond um, just like, uh, you know, um, anime and and Japanese inspired things to doing like open that up more because obviously Star Wars has a big still a big diversity problem. And though, yes, absolutely. We need to see uh, diverse people doing the movies and the TV shows. I think like visions you can have diverse voices and also not worry about canon which means those diverse voices are going to be able to assert their voices more because the star wars movies they're always going to be super in control of and there's not they're you know not going to let them take liberties that they they have shown guiding people to do in visions so i think if you could you could play into the the a bunch of different tropes from all sorts of different cultures, storytelling traditions, that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Huh. Well, is there anything else that we need to talk about this week? I don't think so. I don't think anything else happened. Well, whatever else will happen, it'll happen on like a Monday or Tuesday because I feel like every time after we record, I feel like that's such like a podcasting thing that happens is that we talk and then something releases and then we talk about it like six days too late and then like something else happens and then, uh, but I, I guess as long as we get to talk about it, 
that's yeah, fine, right? That's true. And honestly, I don't think anything is going to, I don't think we're, they're not going to like suddenly announce like the, you know, plot description of the Taika Waititi movie isn't going to drop or anything. So I don't think we got to worry about it much. Yeah. Are them releasing a Cassian trailer or something? No, we're in a dead zone until, uh, until Disney day. Dead zone until Disney day. Hmm. All right, Brittany, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Canto Brit. What about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLint. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at Canto Pod. You can send us email, CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Otherwise, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Um, thank you for listening and we will talk to you all next week bye bye uh canto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style uh check it out listen up y'all cause this is it Fuck all the rest, be a canto bitch. Brittany, the Jinch, and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, canto bitch number one. All my girls at